Hi and welcome to the Avenue Code Spotlight Series podcast. Here you'll find inspiring conversations with top executives and technology leaders. If you're listening to us from podcast platforms, be sure to follow us. And if you're watching us from YouTube, subscribe to our channel. For today's podcast, I'm happy to host Nicole Brown, Vice President, Customer and Digital Portfolio at Albertson Companies. Nicole will be one of our speakers at our upcoming Extraordinary Women in Tech Conference, taking place in San Francisco on December 9th and 10th. Welcome, Nicole, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation today. Thank you, Nariman. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm looking forward to the conference. We are, too. We're very happy that you will be joining us, and we're very excited about our conversation today. Nicole, I... You know, thinking about your personal career path, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience uh, reaching your first leadership position? Absolutely. I actually have two experiences. And uh, given the time that we have, perhaps at the conference, we can, we can dive in a little bit further. The two specific sort of new to leadership experiences um, that I'd like to share. The first is when I was in my hustle in the mid-1990s. I was hired to lead an inside sales and a marketing team for a fast-moving startup. We were poised for IPO, and subsequently, we were one of the darlings in Wall Street that did go public at the time. But think about this as the dot-com boom and bust. My journey, and, and first off, I use the word hustle um, because hustlers sort of make the right moves, and they can master positioning. Um, you know, a hustler sort of respects the process and knows what it really takes to achieve the seemingly impossible. And at the time, as a 23-year-old female, I thought myself as a hustler. I was given this opportunity to lead and build these two teams, inside sales and marketing. At this startup, I was, I think, number 13 into this organization. And as we grew, we grew up to about 2,000 people, a little less. But I accepted this first management position, and boy, immediately I was excited and scared. And I think we've all been in that position in our career. I'm even in that right now, and we can talk a little bit more about that too. Um, and I've always said, if you find yourself curiously nervous and thinking you can't do it, that's the moment to grab that bar or that tree limb and swing. But let me go back to my, uh, my example. Um, so the first thing I did was say, yes, I'm all in. And the next two things I did was I began to read ferociously everything that I could on coaching, on leadership and management, anything that I could find. The second is I called every single human I knew and I asked them, hey, here's my new job. How would you approach it? What pitfalls have you had? I asked every seasoned human that I spoke to that had been there or done that, who else can you connect me with? And that way I can form my network of people to then go back and ask more questions as I was building these new teams and I was struggling as a new manager. And my mentor circle became not only the immediate individuals I had, but also the folks that they networked with me. And so that I formed a group of a board of directors, quite frankly, around me that could help me succeed. I flourished. Um, I flourished and I grew and I learned to trust my instincts. Before I 
sort of close out on that example, um, one of the many books that I read and I think is important to our conversation was around servant leadership. Um, this is the book that helped me really understand at the time, at 23, what was my voice? What was my brand? How did I define my true authentic self? And what my power was and how to use that for good. Um, you know, the, the specifically, um, the piece there was, how do I understand and leave behind the concepts of management that I understood at 23, which was a lot of men doing this. And I say that because that's, you know, the environment it, back in, you know, the mid 1990s, I was surrounded by a lot of people with a lot of strong voices. And at one point in my career, I even had a man take off his shoe and slam it on my desk and talk about his size, you know, 11 and a half Johnson Murphy's and what he was about to do with those. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm sharing that because we've all been in rooms and atmospheres where there are very strong voices surrounding us. And I think going back and really understanding at 23 who I was and what those magical superpowers were that I could always hold on to in every minute and moment was really important. And that, that one book helped me shape my early career um, as a coach, as a mentor, as a leader, um, just getting started. Awesome. I Yes, and remember, I had two. So you let me have let two. Me but I'm, I was going to say, I'm glad you shared an example of a book for the audience to know about it. Please go ahead. I, I love books, and we can glean and take little nuggets along the way. And when you feel like it doesn't fit, it's okay. You can pass by that, right? Okay. Um, but I think that all of our networking connections and everything that we read, there are pieces and parts that feel like they can fit or can be stretched for us to fit. Um, okay, so my second experience was about seven years later, and I found myself at an enormous enterprise, Fortune 100, um, where I had been managing a small team over time, really, again, cutting my teeth at management and mentoring and building my networking rings and my personal board of directors. I think at that time, I had been through another five companies in that seven-year period, and I had an opportunity to sit with a female leader who was three levels above me at the time in my sort of food chain. So she was, you know, my skip, skip level boss. And I only had one question for her at the time. Um, and that question was, how do I get to director? And at a Fortune 100, that bar is incredibly high. And I thought I was a really big fish. What I understood was that I was a little minnow in the ocean. And the words that she used resonate even now. Nicole, what got you here is not going to get you there. And I remember sitting back and I probed her and I inquired and I was curious and I, I tried to get to every question to understand the magic behind what she was trying to tell me. Like, what does that mean? What's the roadmap? What do you mean it won't get me there? Where do I, what skills do I need? Right, very tactically because I'm very action biased. She said, I need you to go away and just think about those words and marinate them. And boy, it was at least a year. And in that year, I looked around at all of the directors who I thought I was a peer to at the time. And I realized a couple of things. I realized that words matter. I realized that taking a step back 
and being able to see the, the forest through the trees. We've all heard that saying, but the ability to connect what people in a room or a conversation or a discussion are saying and thread it together would be step one. The next sort of magical potion that I figured out was that the what got me here was I was a superpower unto myself. I could do anything. The getting me there was figuring out how to empower everyone else to do and for me to empower and lift up. And that's hard for people who love to do. I love working. I love checking those boxes. And in order to be my authentic leader self, I had to step out and allow people the air, space, and time to get to the end game and not necessarily on the journey path that I would have taken. And so that was really what this woman had given me was a gift and a gift of understanding, again, who I was, what my authentic self was, and how to try on different approaches in my management style to take a step back and be empowering to all of the other voices, both my direct reports, as well as everyone else around me. And that, that was a very difficult path for me. It was very interesting and enlightening when I had to take that pause. It's, it's a moment that I really started to build that pause ability and button in my life to just hit it and take a step back and let the air fill in rather than filling the air in for everyone else. And, you know, the, the learnings on these two experiences in both of my newly leadership roles and, and management in my career allowed me to draw for that clarity and expectations, understand who I was again in my approach and how that landed with others. And then also to really drive collaboration and trust and empowerment and that those things are crucial in helping others become who they are as their authentic selves. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing both examples because it's a great example for people just starting off their career and then people advancing down the road in their career. It is definitely inspiring. And, you know, thinking about down the road, I know that you're a mom and you're uh, very passionate about talking about being a mom and a leader. So I want to, you know, talk a little bit more about um, your experience being a mom and a leader at the same time. I love my journey. I love my story. Um, and thank you. Thank you for asking me. I now define myself when people ask me, tell me about yourself. I always start with, I'm a mom of a four and a half year old. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter and I'm a sister. That is who I am. And, you know, I have to take a step back and give you a little bit of my journey because I just love regaling it. Um, as a woman, I was raised by an amazing set of parents, um, both amazingly strong people. My dad was a chief nuclear engineer at um, the primary builder of submarines for the US Navy in the United States. He was number two in charge. He used to call himself the, the second nuke in charge. Um, and so he had a really big job. My mom also had a big job. My mother went to school at Yale to be a um, x-ray um, technologist. 
And um, she performed in that male dominated role in society for her career until they had my sister and I pretty much later in life at the time, you know, they were in their thirties when they actually um, started a family. And so I had these two strong people. My father worked his way um, from a draftsman on the ship floor. Um, he went to school at nights and then during the day. And he proved to us and demonstrated that hard work and effort do pay off. And that, you know, the, the thoughtfulness needed to run both a big business and a family was, you know, a, a balancing act. And so the two things of my youth that have formed who I am and my tenants is the first on play up and play up every single time. And that means surround yourself by the people who uh, will make you better, that are better than you. Um, and that's, you know, you pick a skill, you pick a, a quality, you pick um, any aspect of something that someone can give you that is better or unique to them that can make you stronger um, as just a person giving back to your family or your society. So really playing up. And the second one is to, although this might come to a, as a surprise, to be the quietest rock in the room, to be, um, try not to be the loudest person, try to be the person who is the thoughtful connector. And those two pieces I work on every single day, playing up, because if I'm not playing up, I'm not growing. And if I'm not the quietest rock in the room and the connector, then I'm not able to show and demonstrate to others those connection points. So why does it matter as a mom? I think that those tenants come in absolutely. I found myself at 46 years old, pregnant and surprised, and in a blessed, wonderful way, uh, I was never supposed to be able to have children. And, you know, again, we can go into the, the deep discussion on medical and, and why, um, but I found myself surprised. I was so lucky to be working with an amazing friend. Uh, she was the CEO and I was her right hand and we were engaged in selling an entity together. She was a mom. She's a brilliant, great mother. And she really helped me understand how to balance. And this was, this was when I was early on sort of in my pregnancy. And I thought, I can't do this. I'm overwhelmed. How can I be a strong leader and a COO and a VP of strategy and selling this entity? And then also trying to do this incubation on my own, right? This, this other thing happening here, of course, with my, with my partner. And you know, in this process, there were a couple of things that happened. Number one, I found that I was covering. And I don't know if folks are, are aware of what that word means, but we were in New York City. I had a boardroom full of private equity firms uh, trying to sell this equity uh, piece of business. And, um, and I noticed that I'm dressed in big clothes and I'm doing my best not to showcase that I have this seven-month-old person growing inside of me. And I took a step back during the meeting and I sort of opened my jacket and I watched all of the faces across the room going, wow. And no one knew what to say. It was very surprising for me. And the, the opportunity to be a female, to be a leader, to be pregnant is all goodness. We all bring our authentic selves every single day to the table. And I think it's very important for us to make sure, again, going back to that authenticity, that we can show up with our whole selves. 
And I learned that in that moment that it was not only okay, it was me. I can be me in every aspect. And I think that that is one of the, the true blessings of, of that piece of the journey. The other piece is what got me to where I'm at today, which was I, at this state, 46 and seven and a half months pregnant, I was being recruited back to that Fortune 100 company. And I was overwhelmed thinking, no, I can't go back because I can't be a leader and try to do this at the same time. And boy, the woman who I spoke to changed my life in that moment. She said, I not only want to hire you, I just want to hire you, you know, you come in for this five weeks and then go out on your seven month maternity leave and then come back because the value that you can add to what I need and the organization far surpasses anything that you may be self-limiting your beliefs on of being seven and a half months pregnant. Wow. What an authentic leader to hire someone right in that position. And I have to say, you know, I have, I will follow that woman anywhere as a leader um, and, and truly balancing, you know, today, a four and a half year old with leading the efforts that we're doing is tremendous. I've got a couple of tenants. I have three tenants um, that I live by today um, and building on what I've learned in my career as a, as a leader, these are more sort of self-reflective areas. You know, the first is the family first and if I can demonstrate that my family is first to everyone around me, they too can demonstrate to themselves that the lives around them matter. And so that means every day, unless of course you're a doctor or a surgeon out there, I'm not. So what I'm doing needs to have a minute of, it can wait for the next work day, right? And that's hard to click off. Um, the second is that authentic self and to truly be and show up um, curious and learn and listen every day authentically. If you would have asked me this question 20 years ago, I would never have been sharing any of this, right? And I think that that makes us the, the fruit and the flower of who we are as people to show up with all of the iceberg underneath us. And it's important as we have conversations with people, which is the sort of third tenant, which is, you know, make conversations real and empowering. Because people are the whole, it's not just a piece. And, you know, when I talk about reading, uh, you know, my voracious reading, there's one other book that I'd like to sort of mention because it's something that I take with me again every single day. I'm being a mother, being a leader and being a, a working human. And it's around crucial conversations. And it doesn't mean that crucial conversations have to be this big board meeting. It's every single conversation every day. And what I learned from the Crucial Conversations book, um, Carrie Patterson and others were uh, the authors of that book, um, are sort of three things that you need to do in every conversation to make sure that you can be authentic and lead with your self-authenticity and power. First is to make conditions safe, which means at either de-escalating or acknowledging to yourself that you're not either on the mutual playing field um, or you're both defending your actions and holding on super strongly. My four and a half year old does this every single day, right? And she wants something so bad and she's hanging on to whatever that is. And I just actually don't want to do whatever that is. Well, if I push back at that same level of strength, 
the two of us are in immediate conflict. That happens every day at work as well. So if I can't neutralize and understand the position that that person is sitting in, right? And the why and what's making that happen for them and why they're holding so tightly. And why am I doing the same thing? I can't make it safe for us to even talk about it. So that's first. I think the second piece is around just exploring the other's path. And that means understanding the viewpoints that are coming in. Hopefully we're all working a very diverse environment. People come from all kinds of shapes and sizes. And what you want to understand is what are they bringing with them with that belief system to whatever that point in the conversation and discussion is, because you can learn a lot if you sort of open up, right? And the final and third part is really to sort of take that conversation, whatever it may be, and move to results. And there's a point in time, and we can we should talk about this at the conference of when to move conversations to results. But you know, for for the baby and I, we shift to, okay, well, now the result is you want to have a popsicle. It's five minutes before dinner time. But what we could do is we can take a walk. Let's take a walk, right? So it was really different. And we're not talking about the popsicle anymore, but we're removing ourselves, right? To do something a little different to get to a unique shared state. So I don't know if that's helpful. And I tied some connections in with being a mom and being a leader and how I do what I do every day, but I'm hoping some of those nuggets may resonate with any of you listening. It definitely does. And um, I think it is very much inspiring for other women listening to you, what you just said, understanding how it is handling being a mom, showing that you're a mom and at the same time being a true leader at your industry. Um, This is very nice of you to say, and may God bless your kids, and you always have success in your journey. Um, And shifting a little bit more into, you know, uh, being a woman in the tech industry, we have realized your passion for encouraging women um, in tech. And I wanted to ask you, what excites you the most being a part of our upcoming conference in December? This conference, if, and, and, you know, if you're not going to the conference, you should have a really good reason to not go to the conference. When I think about this conference, I think about all of the pieces that I just shared. Specifically, I think about networking. I think about building my circles. For me, I can't wait to meet all of the other strong women and to get nuggets and contact information. And who do they know? You know, but on, you know, taking a step back and thinking about bringing women together to share to build relationships and to help each other is at the core of the mission of what we're going to be doing together, right? And when I think about the lifetimes that we've all spent, think of that experience that we can share with each other and the connection points. I mean, the possibilities that you're helping open up for each of us as individuals and as leaders is exponential. It's up for us, you know, to go to the conference and and to drive the what happens after that point in time, because I think that's the door that you're opening for us to run through. And when I think about, you know, each one of us as women, we have a job. We have a job to make sure that our voices are heard. We have a job every single day to make sure that we are helping each other. We have a job to network and make sure that in the companies that we're working at today, 
and in the future have diverse slates that have diverse age, diverse backgrounds, diverse gender, you know, I, all of those pieces and parts to diversity because that's what will make us better leaders. And that will make everything that we are building and doing in our individual jobs even better as well. And I think it starts right here at home, right? In, in what we're discussing, which is empowering our females and our female leadership, um, making that air and space. And, you know, I have to say my shoulders are right here and I can't wait to see how many women climb on because I'm ready to push every single person I know up. And that's what we have to do for each other. And this is going to make that space and time. And, you know, every speaker that is joining our conference is excited about this as well, meeting other ladies and um, making sure they're a part of encouraging other women and empowering other women. So thank you so much for sharing. And I am definitely looking forward to meeting you in person in December. Um, finishing up this program, I wanted to ask you the last question. Um, what are you personally passionate about, about your career? You know, I have to say the opportunity where I'm at right now, I feel so super blessed. Um, for those of you that, that know or can see my bio um, today, I'm an officer at Albertsons and Companies as the VP of running digital and customer, that portfolio of really making sure that we can have a step change in the food experience. Um, you know, if you ever would have said, Nicole, you're going to be in grocery, I would have said, I'm sorry, what? And you know, it's not grocery. I have an experience every single day with my family as we take food and make it a central part of bringing us together. And I want that. I want the ability to build communities locally. I want the freshest opportunity, right, as a grocer for all of the people in my community to come together. And this role that I have currently is the ability to do that. It's the ability to build and look around the corner three years from now and make something magical. I am so passionate about what I'm doing. And I have to say, it's also about the people I'm working with. The, the folks here at the company, they're truly kind. They are truly kind. And I have to say for the first time in my entire career, this is the place that you can not only build that passion, but you can do it with kind, super brilliant people. And I haven't found a single jerk yet. If there is one, I'm gonna bear hug, but you know what? I haven't found one and it is amazing. Like the passion and you know, I am just ready to make it happen. So that's really why I'm most passionate about my career right now. So thank you for asking. Wonderful. It's always a great question to hear about what people are passionate about, especially you, Nicole. Um, you've shared amazing experience, amazing tips, um, amazing advice for um, all our audience. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. We're looking forward definitely to seeing you at the conference in December. I and, am. Uh, everyone. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Uh, we'll see you at the next episode of the Avenue Coach Spotlight Series podcast. Be sure to check out the interviews from the same series on our blog at avenuecode.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next thank time. You. Thank you. Nicole. See you in the next episode of the Avenue Code Spotlight Series podcast. Be sure to check out the intervals from the same series on our blog at avenuecode.com. See you next time and thank you.